2: Talk cheese. Recorded live.
3: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You hear She Wolf? I'm here. You got Danny and Boomerang
0: yet? No.
2: No? You want to bring them in?
0: Sure, yeah, you speak while I bring them in.
2: Hmm? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we got. We did a little investigating this week. We're going to be talking about that here in just a few minutes. We contacted the Department of Revenue, uh, better known as Child Support. We have some interesting information to bring to you all. So just hang loose and
3: sit tight. As soon as we get everything rocking and rolling here, we'll be talking about it. to be back here in just a few minutes. Yes. Mr. Boomer? Yes. You here?
1: Yes.
4: <laughs> is
1: Danny no,
0: I think Denny's not home.
4: Or not, is not he's home?
0: unavailable at the moment. All right.
2: Okay. All right. I was telling him that we, we just investigate this week all right, with uh Florida Department of Revenue. Why don't you tell them about the phone call we had?
0: Well, um, we were discussing matters regarding child support because this is um, Southern Command's favorite subject, so I try to help them engage at least once a week on that subject matter. Um, I, you know, use the case as an example um, to find out a little bit more about how this child support process works because we do know that they're collecting, you know, the child support from the parents. So when I tried to ask them why it was with the Department of Revenue, basically all of them are in denial, just saying that that's just where the program is located, but it's not really a tax revenue. And when I went back to the website, it said Department of Revenue worked with licensing fees Fees and taxes. That is what they do. They collect money regarding fees, license, and taxes. So I don't know what they're talking about when they say they're not a taxing agency, but they fall right under the taxing agency because it's not men here trying to get a license from them uh, with Department of Revenue, but I guess they're tied in as well with the Department of Motor Vehicle. Um, And, you know, we were trying to ask them a little bit more about how they do this child support collection. And um, basically, I was told that one way that they start the process is when uh, a mother receives public assistance. You know, if she's receiving benefits from the state, that's what begins the process of child support against the fathers. And so I said, what if you don't get benefits? Then how does the child support process work? So she said, the clerk of the court can initiate a process if she so chooses to do so. And I said, but why would a clerk initiate that process if no one has filed a claim? You know, how are you going to do that? He says, well, I really don't know, but I do know that that is where this occurs also with the clerk of the court. So when I went and called the clerk of the court, they tried to put me up with someone higher and higher and because nobody wanted to admit that they were doing this. And basically, they kept bouncing me around uh, after I hit the clerk's department because, see, My question is, how can a clerk initiate a process of child support against a man if no one's filed a claim against him?
3: Okay. It sounds a little
0: bit like uh, what what, um, your friend uh, was saying once about how they initiate these warrants for people's arrest. Uh
2: Uh-huh.
0: Without them ever having been to court or anything, they initiate, they initiate these warrants for people's arrest. Thousands of them.
3: Yep, generate revenue. Warrants form of a check, right? Hello.
0: What was that?
2: It's
3: a, a warrant is a form of a check. There's a monetary value on it.
4: Well, yeah.
0: you know, you know, um, it has a monetary value, but it's actually the drawing of a check.
4: Yeah.
0: When tell you me. look up the word, it means check. So uh, basically, um, that's what it's calling for. Are there any news updates you want to tell anyone about that's going on this week? No, not yet. I
2: ain't heard nothing so far. Well, hold hold that thought for a second. Alright. All right. Question. Tell them the interesting part about not you not being able to pay child support directly to the mother.
0: If you pay child support directly to the mother, they said it's deemed as a gift. That means you didn't give her anything.
2: Let me explain something to you guys. Years ago, we figured this out. We knew some people who went to jail for this. All right? What this is proving is that you're not allowed to pay your debts. All right? I've been telling you guys this. It's not a joke. You're not allowed to pay your debts. That's why you have to go to the court system and child support. Back in the 90s and even in the 2000s, we know I know people who went to jail for that. One guy uh, I'm not going to mention his name. I worked with him. I tried telling him this for the few years I worked with him. And uh, when his kid got 17 and a half years old, they came out for 170 something thousand dollars in back child support. He went in there with a the check stubs his the mother of his, his son and his son in the court. All right, the judge deemed it all a gift to him in jail for a year. All right, I worked with this guy, and they came. Nobody believed it, but I tried telling this because I knew it. This is where you, you start to figure out things because it's more open than in other places. They're taking the money from the fathers, and they're putting it into unclaimed child support funds that I, I put those, like, accounts out there on legal deception a few weeks ago. All right? For everybody to see. That's where your that child support's really going. It's not going to the mother. All right? Because you're not allowed to pay that debt. All right? Now, what they're doing with the money in there, I think they're spending it. But everything that's being paid for out of here is either being paid for out of your trust accounts or your Social Security accounts. I don't care what you pay, all right, or what you think you pay, you know, your light bill or your your water bill, your car bill, your mortgage, whatever, it always, always goes to the same place, even child support. It goes to what? A post office box. Somebody puts a stamp on it, and you don't know who the hell got that money. But I'm telling you now, this here is bona fide proof that we figured out years ago that you're not allowed to pay your debts. That and the fact that it keeps these courts down here all right generating revenue because you have to go through them. You know, I want to have a business, okay, where I I can literally all right force people to come into my business and do business with me. And if they don't, I want a bunch of armed, armed police like they got. Alright that I can send out the street of fortune to come into my business. This is exactly what's going on down there with these courts. Especially with family court. You're not allowed to pay that debt.
3: Anything else that you want?
0: No, basically, they tried to deny that it was a tax. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I said, well, you know... There's a lot of processes that have to be done before you could even determine if that's the father of the child. I mean, like, why would you say if the father pays directly to the mother that that is a gift? You know, it's almost like they're saying that you don't have any ties to this child and if you give the mother any funds for that child it's like you giving her a gift that's like you giving a donation that's like you giving um an attorney a retainer fee A retainer fee means a gift Mm
4: -hmm.
0: and it doesn't count that's what it means with irs you don't pay it as an obligation then it means you're you're, you're uh, if you don't pay it as an obligation that is probated by a court, then you didn't give you didn't give your child anything.
2: Yep. Does you find that kind of strange.
0: I find that really strange because then they're saying that these children belong to somebody else, and everything that a man does for his child. Is considered a gift. It don't count.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Now imagine they're doing the same thing with those uh, uh, undistributed child support accounts. Let's imagine for a second that this whole system functions just like that. All right? Your car payments, your mortgage payments, your electric bill, your water bill. All this stuff functions the same way. Think about that. Oh yeah, like when yeah. I
0: paid the water, uh, the light bill, and I asked them for evidence of billing. What did they say? They gave me a blank paper, just showing that I used that I used it, but that basically they're saying the same thing—that everything I gave them was a gift. Yeah, well, I'm... that means they didn't collect anything from me. It was all gifted to them. So mm-hmm. I guess when you use Federal Reserve nodes, it means that you're using, you're giving um, gifts to people.
3: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Apparently I when find that catching...
0: kind of weird because for you to, I mean, I've been hearing that word a lot.
2: Yes. Don't you wish they would gift something to you? All right. Maximum of law. All right, movie is 1856. I quote, a debtor is not presumed to make a gift. All right, a debtor is not presumed to make a gift. So what are these people pulling besides the punishment scheme? It's saying
3: that a
0: debtor is, is not what?
3: Okay,
2: a debtor is not presumed to make a gift. In plain words, when you pay, it's not presumed to be a gift. That's exactly what these people are doing. When you pay your debts, it's presumed to be a gift because you're not allowed to pay your debts. This is why you have to go to the court, because they're paying your stuff out of uh, out of your trust account and they're paying it out of your social media account.
0: They don't. Well, oh, you be know, I, um, um, I was reading something about a case. I think it was 1871, where somebody what? won, and an attorney helped this this person in England because they had um some kind of an act. I can't remember the name of the act, though, where it said that when you paid someone with a promissory note, it was the same as if you were paying them with cash.
2: hmm It was, uh, hold on one second.
0: Hold on. God, I can't remember where I found that, at. I'll have to go back in my notes.
2: Wait a minute. Hold on. I want to help you out. And later. the
0: attorney said, oh, I think we've got, a, you know, he said, I think we've got a case here because he was telling the judge. It
4: does
0: say that paying something with a promissory note was the same as paying with cash, and it it reflected on a note, I mean, on an act that was in England in 1871 established um, stating that. These laws come from England, so guess what? It applies here, too. You're using the same described um, method of payment, which is a promissory note, Um, somebody just got themselves in the door with their mortgage case.
2: Okay, the principle is that a bill, check, or note, this is uh, a quote from something, is given and taken in payments, all right, as so so much cash, and not as merely given the right of action for the creditor or litigant account or claim, see Jackson versus Murphy, 1887. That might be what you're talking about. Also, I we can't, have. I remember.
0: I think it was called the Bill of Exchange Act or something like that. I'll have to go back and look.
2: Well, hold on. I'm not done reading yet. Hold on. We have reportedly. This is from uh, Lord Demon uh, M.R. And Fielding versus uh, Planners Limited and something other. I can't pronounce those two names. Yeah, anyway, I might mm-hmm. to try Salams, Ijar. Okay, we have repeatedly said in this court that bills of exchange and/or note, promissory notes are to be treated as cash. It is to be honored unless there is good reason to the contrary. Okay. Basically, what they're telling us right there is that promissory notes are to be treated as cash, which is what we're, we're holding. Because what we're holding is a debt instrument called a bill of credit. Okay? Those of you who have not read the money doc yet, I, I would seriously advise you to get that money doc and start reading it and the license doc. Because that stuff is becoming real interesting out there. Uh, we're going to get some somebody here in a few minutes to tell them about a, a case that he personally has knowledge of. Uh, concerning that license doc. Uh, I'm looking for
3: something else on this pa- piece of paper. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah.
2: But there, promissory notes will be tra- and bills of exchange will be treated the same as cash. Now, the question is, who has a right to write those bills of exchange or promissory
0: notes? The
4: only people who uh, can write. Banks.
0: And guess what? I'm reading a law here from, let me tell you where I'm reading it from. Is this page three? It's for the constituent charter of the Bank for International Settlements, right?
4: Yeah.
0: And um, it was stating here, the bank shall be exempt and immune from all taxation, including but in the following categories. Stamp registration, and other duties on all deeds or other documents relating to the incorporation or liquidation of the bank. Stamp and registration duties on any first issue of its shares by the bank to a central bank, financial institution, banking group, or underwriter at or before the time of incorporation or in pursuance. And, you know, it gives you a bunch of articles. But my thing is, these banks are not even subject to taxation they're making a killing hand over this and here we are billing and bailing them out and they're not even subject to taxation people you got to remember when we bailed these banks out recently you know I I mean we have a president here but how dare him how dare him tell us we're going to bail out these banks and he's saying And he comes about a couple years later after everybody brings a big stink about it to him, stating, well, we bailed these banks out. Why are you allowing them to steal our homes? The whole fact of the matter is this. We just bailed out all those banks, and you know what they did? They liquidated out all the other banks. And guess what banks remain? The same four banks that we started off with in 1933, people.
3: Tell me that these
0: people are not monopolizing here. And then it said, I read somewhere else today, which I'll have to go back in because I'm not on my computer. But I, I can tell you what I was reading. And I and I'll I, and I may have posted it on Legal Deception as well, or it could be on my wall at Nelly de Torres Santiago. I have two other sites that I'll talk to you about in a minute, too, and what I do on those other um, administrative sites that I, I have over there. But it's clearly stated about these banks. God, what was I going to say about these banks now? with was something else that they were doing. Like, we are bailing them out, and yet they're being allowed to confiscate our homes. Um, I got a call from someone or a text, and I got to give them a document as well. They had a spouse that has passed away, and they got a title free and clear and a letter from the bank saying that the debt has been settled. And the bank came in probably a while, about a couple weeks ago or a week ago, and stole their their vehicle. And the police did try to help this individual because they showed them all the papers. Look, there's the title free and clear given to me by the state. It says free and clear. And look, I have this letter stating by the bank that the debt has been paid in full, that by my spouse's estate, it covers the debts that were due and they're paid off. But the bank is trying to get this person who has the vehicle now to pay a huge lump sum and and they took the vehicle. Let me tell you, these banks are robbing you people. And it's time that the people, oh, here was what I was gonna tell you guys, I know I remember. I also read in this article that there are 22 corporations that are specifically working with our government to help rob and pillage you as well. They're working with the banks, but it says in secret they were created by our government. And I'm going to tell you one group that I know of because I found that a long time ago um, I was looking something up about the servicers. Uh, I found in doing my digging that the servicer is created by the government. They get government grants and funding to service for those big banks, and that's why um, they have to win these cases. See, if you work for the government, you can't even get to the servicer because getting to the servicer means you're going after the government. But they're not going to tell you that. This is how they lie, because they don't want to tell you that they're all connected with the government. And and no matter what, you could say, well, I paid my house. Listen, people, you have friends out there, and they think that you just don't want to pay your mortgage or whatever. I had, the, I had a postal worker tell me these people are just sore losers because they didn't want to pay their taxes. I said, excuse me, can you repeat that? Because they didn't want to pay what, their taxes? Yeah, a lot of these people are losing their homes because they can't or they won't pay their taxes. I said, taxes have nothing to do with it, now because your mortgage is a tax as well. Mm -hmm. How is that possible? I said, because there's no money. So if you're giving them a Federal Reserve, no, you're just giving them like a gift. I just argued and disputed with a bank this week all week long, and I was going to tell you about it because I started it last week, but I didn't do the show last week. I had other engagements, but talking to the bank, the individual was recording the conversation. I said, good, you can record it. I welcome it. I need your name for the record. I said, "Uh, my name is Transient. That person became very upset with me says, I need your real name. I said, well, I don't have a real name. I have a a title that you guys put and gave it to me, a bond title. And um, she didn't want to say anything. And then I said, why do I have to give you my name? Do you have any evidence that you gave me a loan? She goes, well, I'm looking at the contract right now. And I said, did you sign off on that contract? (laughs) Well, we banks don't have to sign off on that contract. I said, well, then you don't have any proof that you loaned anybody anything, do you? Did anybody approve for you to give me a loan? Show me where someone approved a loan. Mm Silence. I said, can you show me that you signed off on something that states that you gave me a certain amount of U.S. dollars that you require here? It says on this document that you loaned this much in U.S. dollars and this promissory note, but I haven't seen the U.S. dollars yet. Who did you pay this to? Well, that is, um, then she slipped and she told me that is actually, um, what did she say, Southern, a bond?
4: Yeah. Yep.
0: Oh, she didn't say a bond. I can't remember what she said. She said something, something, oh, that was a stock or something like that.
4: Yeah, stock.
2: I think it was. Mm-hmm. How was, she says, how not was, really,
0: she said it's not really uh, money that we loan. It's a stock that we purchase on your behalf. Then she, she said, hold on a minute, hold on, i got to put you on hold. Then she comes back and tries to change the entire subject because I think she wasn't supposed to tell me that. And we began playing this question and answer game. And I wasn't going to answer her questions. And she said, you're not being fair because you won't answer my question. I said, you're not being fair because you won't tell me how you claim to have given me something, uh, even if it was a financial product or you claim that you financed uh, finance for me to pay for a vehicle or whatever. I said, show me where you approved anything, by a financing uh, that you approve for me to get some imaginary money, or imaginary checks. Show me where you approve this. I need to see somebody sign off, either a loan officer, I said, or, or your CEO, or somebody on that chain of command had to have signed off on it for it to be valid. He said, Do you, is that all you need to get you to pay us? I said, there's three things I need from you. I need you to fill out my credit inquiry document. I need you and and you must swear under oath when you fill it out. Number two, I need a, a true bill. And I need to see something with someone's signature on it. I need evidence that you paid the dealer a lump sum of money for me to take that vehicle home you're claiming I took something home because you financed it or you paid them a check or whatever so that I could take this vehicle home in advance, show me where you did that. Because for now I'm looking at a document here. It says Promise to Pay. But I feel like the document you gave me is incomplete. And she was like, because we don't have, I go, because you will have to do it because I'm going to ask the judge why you don't have to sign off on it and I want to see the law that says you don't have to sign off on your end of a bargain. You're claiming you're a corporation and business. Show me your paperwork where you're signing off on documents approving these loans. I can apply. I put an application in for a loan. Show me where you approved it. If you can't show me that you approve for me to have a loan, Of any type. I told you even if it was peanuts that you used to pay off so that I could have this vehicle, that'll be fine. Just send it to me in writing, signed off by someone of authority. And I'm waiting. I haven't heard anything yet. Because they didn't really loan it to you, people. They went right into your Social Security account and got it. That's why they can't say they gave it to you.
4: Well,
0: they're, they're here's the point, a we're trying to force them Southern, I'm trying to force their hand, I'm trying to force them to admit that they went into our bond account, or that trust, they're saying it's not a trust, they're so full of shit. Because uh, looking at these laws and how they did it, they know they're a trust corporation. I don't know why they want to deny that. But that's fine. You can deny all you want to. But now I want you to show me that even, I'm asking you for something so small now. Show me a letter that you signed off on an application for something that I was borrowing. Remember, before you people get the note and the mortgage, you, you, you have to put in an application, right? Show me that they took this application in and for consideration and provided you with a check and a document saying, hey, your loan has been approved. Look, show me a signature where that loan was approved. You can't just go into court with a mortgage and a note and saying, hey, promise to pay me and the judges say, well, did you have a car? I'll say not if I don't see any documentation showing that They signed off on some paperwork approving me to have this car. As far as I'm concerned, you went into my bond account and got the money and that's how I got this car. You don't want me saying that in the courtroom because I will. I will go right up there and say it right there because remember, I'm not talking to the judge. I go in with my power of attorney. I'm going to talk to you, Mr. Attorney, who's speaking on behalf of the bank and I'm going to tell you I believe as a fact, correct me if I'm wrong, that you went into my social security account and my birth certificate account and you withdrew funds from there and loaned it to me. And now you're taxing me to pay it back.
2: So that is, if I'm correct, that's called special drawing rights.
0: They have special drawing rights, but Steve, then don't say that you loaned me something. How can you loan me something from my own account and then say i got to pay you back with interest?
2: Well, the question is nobody... Remember
0: what I told them. If that were the case, then I don't need you, Mr. Bank. I can walk right up to the U.S. Treasury and write up my own promissory note and take out the funds. And um, somebody had told me. Remember, I wrote that on my wall. Yep. If that's the case, then I'm paying interest because... You wrote up the paperwork and I got to compensate you all for this paperwork that has about a million different points of thievery in it, then I can go straight to the treasury myself and say, here's my social. I need you to write me a check out so I can buy this car and pay the bank without interest, right? And some financier guy told me, you better not be telling people that. That's a very dangerous thing to tell them. I said, why? You mean it's not dangerous if I tell them to go and get a loan and let you guys rob us at 10% interest and, and above? Well, the question oh, that because
3: nobody has.
0: You, can, you cannot write your own promise promissory minutes. I said, why?
4: <laughs> what does it matter?
0: I tell them why. What is the difference if I make the promise? Myself, I said, I'm still making the promise, right? It's still coming well, from me. My signature has to put it on that paper, but it has to go through the bank. No, it doesn't have to go through anything. You know what I told them? You're full of shit, because the reason why you want it to go through you is the same reason why the courts want the child support to go through them.
2: Well, all I promise you to it is, is a fancy IOU. And we write those every day to each other.
0: Here's my thing.
2: No. The, uh, the question that nobody ever asks these, these bankers in this court is to prove that they loaned you something, which they can't do because they're not allowed to loan out their depositors' money. There's a bunch of banking laws that were created back when, and I stuck one of them out there on legal deception. And I highlighted some stuff. I don't think nobody read it. But I'll get it it up tomorrow. They're not allowed to loan out their depositors' money. They're not allowed to do it. So where's the money coming from? There is an estimated thousand times, all right, the loans outstanding right now as there is money deposited in these banks. So where's the money coming from? Nobody ever asked that question. Prove you sh- prove to me that you loaned me something. That's all you got to do, and tell me where you got it. That's the question that everybody should be asking everybody in these in these mortgage cases, all right, and everything else. Because that's that's the question that's gonna that's the question that's gonna burn to the ground, right there. All right, go ahead, Chief Wolf.
0: Well, not to mention, um, today I did post a document out in a PDF format. And it was regarding, um, I think it was the 51st or something like that. I'm going to pull it up in a minute. Uh, The Congress, International Congress, okay? So I guess we, I don't know if if our Congress, but I was looking up some laws over there about the congressional rights. And... um, I also told up trespassing because what I'm trying to show you guys is that the laws that we have have changed people. And in there, um, I also read somewhere today where it was saying that our courts are not using statutory laws on you, okay, because it's what we told you before. They're not using statutory laws because they're using billing codes. That's a billing code. That's not a law that they're using against you. What they've done is when they write up these um, statutes and codes, if you look in your uh, codes and statutes for your state and you really closely pay attention, you start going into sections of the statutes and codes. Some of them are for child support, some of them are for um, family law, some of them are for um, uh, uh, misdemeanors, some of them are for um, fire violations, you know, violations against the fire department, violations against the police department, violations um, dealing with OSHA, uh, violations against the county. See the reason why they can't use statutes and codes in court, it, except for the judges writing them down. She's really getting them from the computer when she puts them in a document. Is because um, they can't tell you what laws broken because that is their public policies that they're saying that you're violating. You're actually being called a code breaker. You're you're breaking a code. You're not breaking a law and you're breaking a private code of theirs of the – I would give them an estimated – in one state, I saw 66,000 codes for one state. We'll say 100,000 to bring it – you know, like to average it out a little bit because other states are larger um, than some other states. But if you're breaking a code, how do you know you're breaking a code if you don't know what the codes are to that agency? You sort sure of get what I'm saying. Like people are going to court and they're saying, you know, about breaking the law, right? You're not you shouldn't even be using the word law inside that courtroom. They're not using law. They're saying that you violated one of their rules and regulations. And they can't really talk about it because they don't have the authority to do so. People, they really don't. It says right there in the Copyright Act and in the Universal Copyright of the Crown Corporation that they have to first get permission to use those codes before they can use them. You see where it says, for the officer's sake, ignorance is okay for, for being ignorant of the law. You know why? because the officer cannot dispute with you whether or not you didn't have your seatbelt on or anything, or saying that it's the law, right? Um, I think I'm gonna scan this one paper I got today, a flyer from the school, and it says, cell phone violation section, blah, 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 seatbelt violation section, blah, 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 right? Of what department, of what agency? That's not a state law, I hope you know that. That belongs to a certain agency. Could be Department of Motor Vehicles. So what do you do? You tell them, well, I need to see the rules and regulations of of the department that promotes this code-breaking violation because how do I know if that's true and that it's a fact? You just pulled up this number, and you said I violated it. Well, am I not protected with this driver's license that says I passed a test because I knew how to drive? How could I be breaking all these rules? I didn't see – did you guys see any um, statutes and codes in your driver's test?
3: Anybody? I sure didn't.
0: Anybody have a comment on that? I guess not. I mean, but um, make sure not. I want to make sure not everybody's muted out. But I do have a question on that because I did ask the police department for other violations because we we just did it again. As a matter of fact, I got to call my friend back on this one. We just wrote an eight-page complaint. I'm doing a radio show right now. Um, we did an eight-page complaint against the police department, and we just asked them um, for their. Uh, let's see. We just asked them for their uh, uh, manual. We asked them for a copy of their licensing, and we asked them a copy of their. Um, uh, their protocol manual, and I asked them for um, evidence of where they got, you know, like a training, who is the um, corporation that was training them. And basically, they were telling me, you need to read the charter. And I said, no, I not need to read the charter. Um, I want the actual manuals that they're using, a copy of it, because I need to see if they're following protocol. First of all, I want to know, do they take an oath before they become an officer or are they privately serving you and your needs and benefits? That's the first question I told the lady. Second question, I want to make sure that they're following protocol. That means that if I stick my license in your window and and I'm being very uh, civil and compliant and orderly, do you have a right to smash in my window? That's what I want to see if the instructions say in your protocol manual, and your rules of engagement that you can smash in my window. Or that if I'm disabled and I can't get out of the car in 60 seconds, that you're allowed to taser me out of my vehicle. Or are you supposed to ask me, are you not able to um, get down from your vehicle because you're disabled? I need to know these things. What is your manual? And I'm going to tell you what, people, they do have a manual. I had a manual when I worked with the government, and it told me exactly what I could and could not do, what I could and could not say, and what I could and could not behave like, what I could and could not accept from the public. I was told, you cannot accept gifts. You cannot do this. If And if they want to give a donation, I had to send it to the central office, the, um, you know, the Department of um, Accounts Receivables, so that they could add that as a gift. Let me tell you, everything they do is by protocol. They have a job description. <coughs> um, if they had to take an oath, then, you know, we need to know why, who they're taking oath to. It's everything we have to know. These are things, people, that you, standing on the land, need to know about in your community. Who is your district attorney? Who are your commissioners? Who are your city com- You need to know who your mayor, city council, your commissioners are. You know why? Because I was looking at something where I went on this other radio show, and these people go to Washington, D.C., and they're fighting for changes. They go before the legislation, right? Yeah, you can do that because the circumstances are, you know, an emergency circumstance where our African-American males are being shot to death by the police and they're unarmed, right? But you have to go to Washington, D.C. to let the legislators know that these men are being shot in the back, suffocated, And all kinds of atrocities, not only black males, okay? I'm talking about, I've seen it happen to even my friend. She's 70 years old and officer asked her for her identification and she told them no. Why do I have to give you my identification and what do you want it for? She said, first of all, I need to know why are you pulling me over? And he said, I want you to open your window right now. And she says, no, I'm not going to open my window because I'm terrified of you. And I've been seeing on TV that you've been shooting people and doing all kinds of bodily harm. He says, I am an elderly woman, and I'm not going to open my window. So you know what? The officer did. He proceeded to try to smash in her window. And she called 911 and put her phone by the window and said that some lunatic was trying to attack her. And that police was there in three minutes. And they, they were embarrassed to see that it was one of their own. And made him leave. They told him to go home. And basically, the next day, they denied he was on duty.
4: <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, he went to go to internal affairs. And this is another reason why you know people that this is no government operation, okay? Why would they have their own internal affairs for a police department? Internal affairs. They're investigating themselves to see if they're corrupted.
2: Yeah, police cannot police the police.
0: Oh, you're expecting the prosecution to indict your fellow corporate bodies claiming that they broke the law. How can they do that, people? The lawyer, the prosecutor, right? How is he going to indict and prosecute someone claiming they broke the very laws that were created by them to use against us? The commissioners would never let that happen, because remember the laws that that's in effect right now, and not even the laws. The way they're doing things right now, were approved by by the commissioners for them to do that. They're not going to go against their own people and say you broke the law because you shot my son in the back seven times, right? prosecutor can indict the police officer, then it would, you know what he'd be saying? That our laws are flawed, and we we are injuring our public with these laws, and now you'll be open, it'll be a free day for, for open season for lawsuits against them. So they have to claim that they were in fear for their life to cover up the laws that they claim to be using against you, which are those statutes which is the agency statutes that take away your rights as a free man on the land that they're using to govern you and say they didn't do anything wrong. There's no way, it'll be very minimal of you seeing an indictment against an officer because those laws are copyright protected, they're private laws, and then if if the If the prosecutor indicts the officer, the author will be in trouble big trouble. The author who writes those manuals will be in trouble. The officer himself would be in trouble because they're going to throw him under the bus because you have to have permission from the author. it says very clearly. That whatever author uses it, is' for their benefit and enjoyment that and if and if it's an employer, then the employer is the author. That means that employer would be subject to lawsuit The prosecutor gets his paycheck from the same person who pays the police department with added benefits like donations that they get and other grants and stuff. But if you go online, it says strictly federal dollars, federal funding. Go to the prosecutor's office. Pull it up, federal funding. Go to your public defender's office. Pull it up, federal funding. They can't sue each other. They're getting paid by the same individual, the same big head honcho paying all of them. You have to demand answers, people. I went on the show and tried to tell them that, you know what? There was a lawyer on the show and an NAACP worker on the show. NAACP worker tried to pretend she didn't hear what I said, but that other guy, the attorney, boy, he, he was saying that what I said was a lie, an outright lie. And and ludicrous and all kind. Boy, he was ready to run me over with a bus like a hundred times. Cause I'm telling you the truth. And you people know the truth. You've looked them up on Dun and Brad Street. You've went to sam.gov. You can go into Delaware uh, corporations and you'll find them. Come on now.
3: Yep. Yeah. But they're, they're, for some reason, they're starting to disappear. Because last
2: year we pulled up, uh, what was it, 138 uh, Department of Revenues on in uh, Brad Street in Florida. Yeah. And now there's like 27 of them left.
0: Yeah, because they're going. They're all going computerized now. They're not going to need us.
2: No, I don't think it's going computerized. I think they're going out of business. Because I've been, keep getting the same uh, from Dun and Bradstreet that their credit rating is dropping. All right, on these people, I know it's dropping. If their credit rating
0: is dropping, I'm thinking it's because of what happened on 55 Water Street, where they took all those bonds, trust, and threw it under that basement and flooded them out and pretended that they lost 85 billion stocks and bonds and land titles and everything else when the DTC really handed it over to that um seeding company.
4: Yeah.
0: And so yeah, of course they're going to have to keep losing their business because now it's going to be universal. Listen. This was my theory 2 years ago. And I've been watching it like a hawk, closely. And what I'm saying is that, this is my theory, that now that we're going into this next phase, they're going to be um, phasing out as many workers as possible, okay? You're not necessary anymore. It's the same thing like when they invented the cotton gin, They didn't need that many slaves anymore. That was too many mouths to feed, so they had to start a civil war. That's why I know the United States might have to undergo another war because you got a new, um, I think it was in Miami, they opened a new McDonald's. It's all computerized. You can get it right there from the machine now. It required no workers. and i think I think you can find that um online the article, so they're phasing out us, the people they don't need us anymore. we're becoming too costly. we're worth more to them dead now than alive and they're uh, going into uh I saw another one on t v where they invented this um uh automaker, it's fully. Uh, computerized, fully. I'm talking about from start to finish. They only had five men in there to oversee, like, I guess the engineers of this were looking at how the the finished product, it was flawless, people. No hands whatsoever had to um, touch that car for it to be made, and the um, car, you know, it was flawless. I was just in shock how beautiful this car turned out to be. But that means they wouldn't have to buy, uh, hire 5 to 600 workers.
3: What's going to happen
0: when they don't need the people anymore? Cuz this is what it's coming down to. They're not going to need that many judges anymore. They're not going to need that many lawyers because remember, when you become universal, you're going to go before the, um, and, and many states already have this. You go before, like, a judge behind a camera TV in a room. I think um, uh, one of these guys from Georgia was telling me that he goes before the camera. You don't get to see the judge.
3: There's not even a prosecutor in the room. You're just going before a judge.
0: Now they're saying they don't need human beings on the planet.
2: <laughs> so I'm take out the trash.
0: Well, I put in um, an article today about cyborgs. You guys might want to read it. It talks about how um, it's from naturalnews.com, and they tell you about how they're injecting you with these um, vaccines. And when they inject you with the vaccines, Uh, They're actually converting you. They're changing you into um, cyborgs because, you know, they're telling you that the vaccines are for this or that, but you need to go read that whole article. They're injecting you with components to make you, to, to dehumanize you. They're trying to dehumanize you so that your next generation will not be so, um, you know, I knew what they were trying to do anyways, because the medications that they were putting out, the, psych- the psychology was putting out, was to make you emotionless. You're on Prozac, you're going to have a hard time crying about things. I know a kid in this one article a doctor wrote, a psychiatrist wrote a, a prescription for Prozac. Pretty high dose. The kid was pretty depressed. He was upset with his parents all the time. He came back five days later and told the judge he felt so much better. I mean the judge. To the doctor. He went into his office with a loaded gun. And he said, I wanted to thank you for that medicine. Now I have come, I feel calm and cool and collected. He was, well, that's good, but why, what are you doing with that gun? He was saying, I want you to put the gun away. He said, the student said, no, I'm not going to shoot you with this. He goes, I just killed my parents. He goes, and it didn't hurt me one bit.
3: Ritalin, Risperdal. More
0: powerful than cocaine. More powerful than cocaine and heroin put together. Do you know what you're giving your children? Because the school says they act like little monsters and they can't sit in their seats and calm down. Because what they have going on at school is a boot camp. And they strictly spend the entire day teaching your kid how to behave themselves. The behavior modification program is probably two thirds of the entire curriculum. And then they come in and they want to tell you something's wrong with your kid. I had a doctor. She told me, you know, school tried to tell me something was wrong with my son. He had a behavior problem, and she was a psychiatrist. And I told her, oh, well, I'm here for the same reason. They said something's wrong with my son. But I said, the reason why I'm seeing you is because I want you to run a bunch of blood tests on him because I don't believe them. And she says, I'm going to do that. I said, before anyone gives him a pill, I need you to validate that there's something wrong with him. I want you to first rule out something physically wrong with him before you say that he needs to, that he has something mentally wrong with him that he can't control. And she did. And she found something wrong, very wrong. He had an adrenaline problem. It was severe. He said, those outbursts that you're having is going to give you a heart attack at a young age. And my kid probably had his first stroke when he was only 16 from anger, rage, anger. It, it was an adrenaline problem. She said he wasn't secreting certain things from his bloodstream, and it was just bottling up like a bottle of soda making you explode inside. So all these kids that you see out there that they're killing people and if they're doing mass shootings and stuff, are they really doing that because they're depressed and lonely or is it because there's something wrong physically with them? Maybe they're on medications and the medication suppress your feelings. These people are playing a dangerous game here, people, with your kids as well. They're trying to suppress your feelings. One thing I tell you for your own benefit, for all you moms and dads that are listening out there and that you have a loved one that's on medication of psychology, which is a pseudoscience, make sure you have them get a full, well-rounded physical, I mean, lab, blood, everything. And if the doctor tries to say, no, you know, it's just, no, I'm telling you to do this. I want the labs done. I want these blood tests. Before you tell me I'm depressed because of this or that, or that I'm going through this phase of anger and stuff, do a blood test. And make sure they give you all kinds of blood tests. Do some of your own research as well online. Look at your symptoms. Type in your symptoms. You might pull some stuff up and you tell a doctor, well, it could. I typed in these symptoms. It could be this, 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 or this, right? Yeah. And you make them listen to you and try to do labs and stuff. You can go to WebMD. Many people are sick. And they're sick from stress. They're sick from going to these courts. Any of you are going through legal abuse syndrome? Many of you are going through, um, you know, outside abuses, stalking, all, you name it. Your situation may not even require medication for a long, forever. It could be situational. Don't let these doctors fool you into getting a regimen of pills because when they start off at one or two, Before the year is over, you'll be on five, and then the next year, you'll be on 10. The next year, and as you continue increasing in your medications, guess what? Some of those medications that you're taking are affecting your body because you're taking them at the wrong time. You're mixing them as a cocktail. I know all about this stuff. I used to work with um, uh, a group in Tampa, Clearwater, Uh, Human rights. And what we investigated was all the abuses being condoned by um, the, uh, the Food and Drug Administration. They were making contracts with the state to be able to test and experiment on your children with cocktails, with drug cocktails. And they had a blanket contract. Those drugs are not even a – most of them are not approved for use on children. And I'll say it. I don't care if anybody comes after me. They can come after me all they want to. I'll go right online and pull it up because I have done it before. I can pull up some of their drugs. They have never been tested on children, people. Never. So how do they come up with this recommended dose on a drug that they've never tested on children?
2: Some of these drugs have never been tested on humans,
3: right?
0: I went to, I was looking up this one drug that they were trying to give my son and I let them test it out on him because he was very explosive. And you know what he told me? I came home from work one day, people, and my, my child had a butcher knife in his hand. I had to actually take him and... um I had to maneuver that kid. He was already 16. He didn't want to hurt me, but he was about to hurt me. And he tells me that when I gave him the medications that it was driving him insane. So I had to bear hug this kid and and I could barely do it cuz he's a big kid, you know, and I'm just so little old, uh, not little old at that time. I was very <laughs> young, but yeah, had to do a bear hug on him to get him. He didn't want to hurt me, but he was just, there was something in him. It wasn't even him. And he told me, Mom, he dropped the knife and he's crying his eyes. I says, I don't want to hurt you. There's something inside me when you give me this medication that makes me want to just stab you to death. And I said, are you mad at me? He goes, no. It's just something about this medicine that makes me want to do something. And I listened. Let me tell you, I listened very carefully. And I said, I promise you from this day forward, I'm going to go to your school. And I start looking up those medications. And I went to the school and told them about the medications. And um, they blamed the doctor. They said he, they prescribed him in the wrong way they said that these two medications together would cause him to go into delusion uh into fits of rage and he could have died of a heart attack well when i announced that i was going to file a tort claim against them and sue the hell out of them guess what they did they do what all other good programs in this government do they um shapeshift. they dissolve they're no longer they don't exist anymore. They're very smart. This is this is why living in the corporate world that they created is the most dangerous thing they could have done because the corporate world dissolves and then they reemerge again after a while with a new name. Today you're Jack and Sam's pizza shop and then tomorrow you're Jack and Sam's bar and grill. And they get away with what they've done.
3: As soon as they know.
0: And then they have this other little game, people. Who is the one that hurt you? The state side or our government contractors? Why do you think they operate in duality? So that they can continue in this little Jack and Jill game that they play with you They jump jurisdictions. They try to say, oh, we're using the Constitution. Well, what Constitution are you using? The copyrighted one or the one that's over there in D.C.? Which Constitution do you work with?
3: Who is we the people?
0: Who is the posterity? Posterity is them. Anyone who works in government is we the people. Not you and me. They are we, the people. I found that in an old um, law book. It says we, the people, are constituted of all government employees and officials. And I did put that on legal deception, and I quoted that because I wanted you to see that you are not a part of that constitution. Even Ron Paul, he's saying, oh, well, you know, you have your Second Amendment rights. You have Second Amendment rights. We're not even a party to the Constitution. But I'm glad we do have Second Amendment rights, but that's because we don't, we're not a part of the copyright. This is no man's land when you're not a part of the copyright. And people need, people, you need to bring up that copyright in court. And Southern gave you the copyright. You guys like the money doc? You should try the copyright doc. I, always, I don't even use the money doc in court yet. I haven't used it. I use the copyright doc on that. That's more fun is than
2: it, the money doc.
0: I throw that copyright doc in there, and then nobody wants to talk about laws after that. I got a friendly letter today. Finally, they found me. With that warrant for my arrest. Yeah. Yeah, that third party finally found my location, but that's fine because I'm going to answer them. See, I guess the judge got my paperwork, and remember I told you I called the prosecutor, and they said that they sold, they sold the desk. Remember the three invoices? They were sold to a third party, so now the third party's contacting me, and the third party's telling me that I have a right. Listen to this. You're a third-party interloper, and you're trying to tell me that I have a right to dispute this in court. No, thank you. I don't dispute that in court. I'm going to dispute it with you right now. I'm going to take that off of you and throw it into my trust.
2: Well, you also might want to look up the Misrepresentation Act, all uh, right, and the uh, Fair Debt Collection mm-hmm. Act, because uh, it didn't represent themselves in any way, shape, or form to you. That's twenty five million dollars for the corporation, five million dollars. Let me tell you
0: I'm gonna give them the copyright act and then I'm gonna give them my creditor inquiry and have them sign that and um do a trust enforcement on them so they can do a forensic audit of that account and uh tell them, you know, who are you to tell me? that I have a right to go to court and dispute this. I don't have to dispute anything with you. I'm not disputing it. You know what I want to tell them? Okay. You said I broke the code. Yeah, well, I guess I broke the code, but I didn't break the law.
3: If you want
0: to claim that I broke a code, right, by all means, but I didn't break the law, because here it says right here that all codes and statutes are copyright protected, so that means you're in power. You would know if I broke the code or not. I'm not really under your jurisdiction. I can put it in one sentence. I'm not even from the state. I was just passing through, traveling, and you all of a sudden you're saying that I'm under state capture. And you speak to them the way they're supposed to be spoken to oh, I was just passing through, and now you claim, you presume that I was under state capture. And they hate that word, people. They hate the word state capture, okay?
4: <laughs>
0: They're a military court. They're martial martial law, martial process, and you tell them that they've captured you as booty? God, you want to see them get mad? They get so upset?
2: Use the word. Also, if you use the word kidnapped in relation to a child. Oh,
0: they hate that, too. They hate the word kidnapped because that's exactly what I wrote in that paper. You see, I said the state and other entities, in collaboration with them, kidnapped my grandson. They took him and placed him under arrest. See, yeah, I even put it around there, quotations. They detained, and then I put quotations, arrested him. In order to compel me to, this is just the wording I use on someone's paper, to compel me into submission. You took my property and put it under state capture. And that is a perfect word to use when you try to detain someone, trying to put them under state capture. Well,
2: that's like we were talking about. Do more back about jurisdiction. Remember? Yeah. There's three types, basically three types of. Jurisdiction. Wait a minute.
0: Here's a question here. For I don't know if the listeners want to engage, but listeners, do you all know what jurisdiction means? Yes, they do. I guess they do, and they say they have in personum jurisdiction. Southern, what does well, in personum
2: jurisdiction mean? Well, a lot of people don't understand this. Uh, there's three forms of jurisdiction. It's what they call in personam, in rem, and quasi-in rem jurisdiction. Now, in personam jurisdiction is personal jurisdiction. That's personal jurisdiction over another living person, all right? You have to have uh, some sort of control over that person.
0: That would be
2: like some sort of control over that person.
0: Right, but they're not, a person isn't a living human being. Oh, okay. So what are they claiming? Remember, person is a corporation, insurance, and all this other stuff. But if they say they have in personum jurisdiction, what they're really telling you is that they have jurisdiction over your corporate estate, Well, over that capital claim- estate of yours, not you.
2: Well, what they're claiming there is that they have jurisdiction over you. And the way you get around that, and uh, we did this once, and really, really got a strange reaction out of the judge. Impersonal jurisdiction, uh, look at it this way. A mother and father would have impersonal jurisdiction over their child until they turned 18, all right? Because they're responsible for that child, all right? So they would have what is called impersonal jurisdiction. Now, all right. Any of the other impersonal jurisdiction would be a slave master relationship, okay? Exactly. With a master, all right, or a uh, ward guardian relationship, or uh, a prisoner warden relationship. These are forms of impersonal jurisdiction. People, they don't want to tell you this. They really don't, all right. Personal jurisdiction is not what you think it is. When you start, somebody says tells you they have in on the jurisdiction, you need to ask them what is the relationship. Okay? When you listen, it's kind of strange. Well, you have to have a relationship to have in on a jurisdiction. Does that make sense to you? She won't
0: exactly but uh, you know what they're claiming is that when you go in there and if you claim to be the name right if you claim to be that name that corporate name then they then they'll say they have in personum jurisdiction over you as a thing another thing i i talked about on one of the other shows was never to say i'm here doing pro se okay because pro se is short for pro se in rem and when they say that they have pro se in rem, that means they have rights over you as a thing, not as a man. Okay? If you say I'm here pro se, that means you're here representing yourself as an object.
4: Well, if they
2: have, like I said, if they have an emphasized jurisdiction over you, a claimant, mm-hmm. then you need to ask them for the relationship. Because there yeah. has to be some sort of a relationship. Like I said, a warden, prisoner, something like that, hostage, kidnapper. There has to be a relationship there.
0: You Why heard you know now. Know you? you gotta ask. Under, uh, at listen, when someone sends you something and says we have in person jurisdiction over you, then you ask. Have your attorney ask if you're being represented. Well, how so? I'm not an infant. And what is the relationship of this jurisdiction? Am I a master slave relationship here? Um, are this, is, is this a parental relationship that they have over me? Is this that they're, um, my aunt's uncle? Or are they my elders? What are they to me that gives them in personum jurisdiction?
4: Um,
0: second thing I would ask the attorney. If you're being represented by a public defender, public defenders don't like me. They don't like to represent me, and they're afraid and terrified of me. And I guess now they're terrified of my children, too. We ask them, what is a person? Uh, You, you're the person. No, I want you to go in the dictionary and read it to me, because I'm confused here. Here, I bought a dictionary with me. As a matter of fact, you should never, if you're planning on going to court and you're planning on playing the game, then you better be able to talk the talk. I would take a dictionary with me. Bouviers. Take Bouviers. Order one. Or because you already know they're going to claim, what is that I told you? Um, Damn. In REM, pro se in REM, right? Then look up Mm -hmm. in REM. Look up in personum Before you go, and and if you don't have money, for those of you know, for most of us, okay, that don't have the money to do that, go online, go to Bouvier's online, or go to Black Law. And go to that letter, and you bring that with you and you just write on top of your papers, dictum of? Dictum. You know, we're talking jurisdiction here, so jurisdiction means they're talking to you in the language of their dictum. Dictum means like the dictionary of words that they're using against you. Dictum means language. They're using legal. Legalese is a dictum. Specific language. So you go in, you look up in personum. And you go in and you look at in-rem, pro se, and there's another one. I can, I'll can, i try to – we put the chart out the other day.
3: There's three of them.
0: Yeah, there were three of them.
2: Basically, if they're saying – if anybody tells you I'm in persona jurisdiction, you ask them what the relationship is. And they look at you kind of funny. Are you my mom, my dad? Like, right? this is in persona jurisdiction, people. Okay? Are you my master? Are you my warden?
3: Where, where are you where are you getting? In personum so, jurisdiction. This is uh,
2: in personum jurisdiction. Now
3: mm-hmm.
2: there's another one called in M-M limb jurisdiction where they tell you, Oh, I have authority over this thing. Okay. Do me a favor, Judge you have better title to this property than I do because i got it right here in my hand. All right? You own it. You pay the bills there. Then you tell me how you have control of my property. Yeah. Even if it's a house. Even if they're
0: talking about your house.
2: It doesn't matter. Anything that they say in them, yeah. ask
0: them to show you better oh, title wait a minute. than you have. No, because they don't say in them. This is the secret. They'll say, uh, are you representing yourself here, pro se? You better say no. No, I'm not, sir. I'm representing myself here as I am a man. No. I am man. Sure. You know why? Because there's nothing in their legalese that says that you come in as a man or a woman this- or a baby. You're an object to them.
2: Well, when they take people's houses in foreclosure court, the judge tells you he has them in jurisdiction. I've talked to several, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it, once you once you look him in the face and ask him to show a better title than you, the one you have or possession of the property, all right, than, than better than he has, or he's got a problem
0: Wait a but minute, he loses one history. too. He or who? Say, Your Honor. Who has in-rem jurisdiction over the property? The bank? This prosecutor or you? Or the clerk? Who has the in-rem jurisdiction over the property?
3: Well, the third one, and this is the one
2: that gets you, people. The third one, believe it or not, is called quasi-in rem jurisdiction. What is quasi-in rem jurisdiction? It's real simple. They have to kidnap you or steal something from you to drag you, get you into that court, and get jurisdiction. What did you just say happened to your granddaughter? She will they kidnapped her. They kidnapped the kids so they could get jurisdiction. This is quasi interim jurisdiction people. This is the only jurisdiction they got. They can't claim the other And they
0: and, and they don't really have it either because you got to go in there and that's why you don't go in saying I didn't smoke marijuana. I'm going to challenge you. I didn't um, malnourish my baby. They say they took my baby uh, uh, for failure to thrive or that I refused to medicate the child or if I refused to do this or you came to my house and my dishes were dirty and I didn't vacuum my carpets because it was early in the morning when you knocked on my door at 7 o'clock a.m. and I'm just getting out of bed, right? What does that have to do with the law, people? Show me the law. And you know what you do when someone kidnaps your kid? You got 72 hours to write a rebuttal. And you don't know who kidnapped your kids, right? You don't know exactly who comes and takes them. Sometimes they get snatched from the school or the doctor's office holds them there, the hospital, right? And um, they come and take your kids and tell you to back down and all kinds of stuff. They don't have any rights to walk away with your kids. I The first time they tried to kidnap one of my kids, um, kids, my daughter tried to run away from the DCF building and she tried to get through the doors. You know what they did? They locked her in and called the cops. Cops came and they said she tried to run away with the baby and she accidentally knocked me over. This is what the worker was saying. This is the same worker who tried to kidnap my grandkids the second time while she knew she that little Dominican mess with the Puerto Rican, and you don't mess with Puerto Ricans. You're going down. And let alone do you ever mess with a Puerto Rican mixed with Mexican. Because we will work on you like, if we were in back into the Mayan days all over again, work is gone. Uh, she's been demoted to the first class. Like guess it was her first day again at work, she goes. She lost everything. But what? The, let me tell you what happened. The police came, so she's trying to tell the officer that my kid tried to break out through the doors, and the officer's talking to my daughter and she's saying they told me that they wanted to ask me some questions and to come in with the baby, and they're trying to lie to me and saying that because I don't fear his fa- her, uh, the baby's father who doesn't live with me that I have put my child in danger because he's a threat to himself, yet they wouldn't hold him in a mental facility for 72 hours. They let him out the next day. And she explained to them what, he had, what, what his conditions was. And the officer looked at the lady really upset. And she said, you called me over saying that this woman was trying to bust away and knock you over. Well, she goes, show me your warrant. So we haven't obtained the warrant yet. She said, so why did you call me? She said, because this young lady was trying to break out. She goes, and? That is her right. You don't have a warrant for, uh, to detain that child. She says, I'm sorry, but don't you ever call me. Because she's in the building. The police department was in the building next door. And she was hugging my daughter, and she said, everything's going to be okay. She says, you stick to your facts of what happened here, and you, the baby, you won't lose your baby. She says, I'm not going to let my baby go for anything. She says, well, just don't hurt her. If she opens the door, you run out the door. There is no warrant. She doesn't have no, she can't hold you hostage here. That was from a police officer. Um, they are not police officers, okay, these uh, social workers. So they don't have no right. You don't have no right to open their door. If you open the door to the devil and you let them in, that's your fault. Uh, if a police officer comes in, you wait at the door and say, I will be in compliance with you. I just need your badge and oath numbers like, for my acceptance of my records, and then you can come in and proceed. It's not going to be any problems. And once you get all their oaths and bonds, you file a lien against all of them for violation of trespass. And, you know, just take everything nice, calm, and smoothly. The next day is when you're going to start your socket to them. You look up the laws. I just put them up there for you. There's a very important law. It's called trespassing on your property. And know them. And there's court cases supporting them there. Uh, You need to get into... Equity and trust. people. That is the law that you need to learn. And if you want the books, and if you want the teaching books, I have them. You just uh, link to me after the show. Private message me at Nelly, Nelly DeSantis, uh Torres Santiago, Nelly Sanchez. No, Nelly de Torres Santiago. And I will give you a link to my my library. It strictly deals in private American citizenship, codes, statutes, and trust. It's good that we started now because it's going to get uglier. Now they're pulling out the peace treaties and figuring out all the mess that they've converted with these peace treaties that they had going on. Uh, You name it, they're in violation. And it's all white collar crime in every state. So it looks like to me, I got a lot of work in the state of uh, Texas.
3: Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I
2: think we got a lot of work in all these states.
0: Hmm. Not only did I knock on your door as a private American citizen. I knocked on your door this time. I'm going to serve you with some papers.
3: Yeah. Well, anybody got anything they want to say? Any questions? Hello?
0: I like hearing when people have something to say about what's going on in their life.
1: Well, I got something to say. Go ahead. Well, I don't know if this to be factual or not, but I heard it from two sources one at a post office and one from another source in Southern. Knows the lady that I, uh, we're familiar with her, uh lady in the, uh, around the New Orleans area. Well, anyway, it was a story came out and it said where this, there's four states that's requiring a special identification to travel by flights in in their states.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the states were Louisiana, New York, and I don't know who the other two were, but that's come out of recent.
3: You
0: need five. Take well, your IDs.
1: Well, it, they're going to. Uh, what it, one of the sources was possibly going to be a passport. Mm-hmm. Bye. And the other, I couldn't uh, confirm or not by saying the other stuff is rumor, but I'd heard that from two different
4: sources. Mm. Uh
3: Anybody else? Anything they want to say? Hello? And they're You're welcome, welcome to say something. Well, I'm waiting to see if can hear. Anybody, you got anything they want to say? Get my glasses. I have a question. Um, I have a, a question here.
4: Okay. Uh, what?
2: I was saying I did have a question. Um,
4: I, I noticed in the news lately on, you know, the Pope is in over
2: here in had a, I mean, what do you, what are your take on that? We don't and know. The that. Fact that, and the fact that he visited the
3: Philadelphia, New York, and Washington. Those were the three capitals.
1: Well,
2: we we don't know yet. It might have something to do with a flag coming down to South Carolina. Okay. That's the reason because that's where I'm located. <laughs> well, it might have something to do with that, but we're not sure yet. Seems that nobody wants to talk about it.
4: Yeah.
0: We'll he did make that. a lot of announcements. I didn't hear today's yet, but he did make a lot of announcements. Uh, regarding the global warming and how it's at a critical level, he doesn't really explain how it's at a critical level.
4: Uh, or oh, where he got his information from?
0: Huh?
2: That's or where they're getting their information from.
0: People who want to say that it's that, you know, like they know that probably we're going to be getting bombarded with some kind of meteor shower or something that's going to be out of control. I think they're scared, but or using, or they're using this as a scare tactic.
2: (laughs) I think they're using it as a scare tactic, yes.
0: Because you came here. And the first thing you deliver to the people is a scare tactic. Yeah.
4: Well,
2: you have to understand, they have to keep us thinking that we need them to take care of us. Right. All right, because, you know, they, they like they can present global warning. Yeah, right. Nature is nature. When you try to control nature, it gets mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's my take on
0: that.
2: Yeah. What nature's going to do, nature's going to do. are going to be left alone. Yeah. That's one of them. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, I see a lot of exciting things going on. Uh,. People, I'll lower down my voice. you I've right. listening to other people that have said that um, it's not working. Like in this other radio show, I was hearing these mothers. They were grieving mothers. Trayvon Martin's mother was there. She's saying, I feel like there's, after going to D.C. and stuff, I don't see any changes. I, we're still back in the ball game, and you know, in stage one, you know. Yeah. But I'm going to talk to. Um, you're going to be seeing the national forum for judicial accountability on the wall. At the group I used to be with for a long time, over five years, and they're saying they want to come in and help us in our judicial fight, so I basically, you know, got on board. Legal Deception is on board with the National Forum on Judicial Accountability. I recommend you join over there as well. They work out of D.C., and you need to collaborate with these people in discussing what your issues may be. And are you seeing something not right? Write to them. And they'll prepare you a packet to take before your local uh, Congress. It's a large uh, law firm and they uh, also promote Civil, they fight against civil rights violations, and we can go in and give them their first case. They they know all about the DCF, and you go in there as a group and say, we want to do civil rights violations for the detaining and kidnapping of my uh, children. They using like enforcement in the bondage.
2: That sounds like a winner. When do we start? Huh? <laughs> that sounds like a winner to me. When do we start?
0: Yeah, I I just emailed him my email. I need I need some I need some information about you. They need an address so they can send you the packet. And then okay. you call them, and you go over the packet that you're going to be serving. So, I'd
3: like to send them a packet.
4: Mhm.
3: We'll start out with my tenage doc. Mhm.
0: we got a lot of docs that we can throw at them, you know, like the copyright. You know, people, you don't have to file a claim in court because you have a case in court. You can file a claim in court for whatever reason. You can file a case, court case for clarification, a judicial question, a judicial challenge. It doesn't have to be because you have a case in court.
3: Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true.
0: People think they have to wait until they go to um, court or they're invited. No, you don't. Go in and make your own claim. Uh, Trying to see a probate... Or
2: anybody here ready for the questions?
3: Nobody out there? I guess not. You want to
2: shut it down for the night? You
0: well, yeah, yeah. I want. Um, I don't know. I was thinking about doing another show on Saturday. You want to? Yeah, I want to. I want to bring up some stuff that the people might be interested in, and I want to bring the current events current.
1: Yeah, I second the motion. Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> motion.
0: Yeah, I want to. I'm gonna. I got a folder here that I wanted to read through, and. It's about um Resch concorded right concorded with hitler nineteen thirty three and I got the full text
4: uh-huh.
0: and i wanna i'm gonna download that p d f that I put on my wall for you guys to look over and it's regarding um what the it's the it's the the last congress they did uh as a United Nations Congress that I think it's really important because it's current. It was September, it's dated September the 15th, people. So in case you didn't know, uh, you can um, join me and I will go over that with you. And I think I want to go over the constitutional charter of the bar, of the bank for the of for the international uh bank of settlements I think that'll be uh I want to focus on those three things to show what military's doing and I think I'm going to try to look up the, what is the current status on the stock market regarding uh this floating fiat okay so on Saturday if you want to be on I'll try to do it earlier. Um, if you guys want to agree to it, like 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock.
3: Okay. Sounds good to me. I, I,
0: I really want to talk about this new document. and Let me see what it's called. I don't want to just say I'm going to talk about this document, but I am going to post it when I set up the time frame. It gives people a chance to... Uh, Join us, and and if you have a specific topic that you want to discuss, um, post it on the on the chat room, please. So I'll look at the chat room before it's. Um, uh, I take it down. Uh, a book that was recommended to me by Boomer. Uh, I ordered it to see if the library would bring it to me.
4: Mm -hmm. It's called
0: There's a Fish in the Courthouse, second rep rep edition by Casitas Books in 1992. You can say it like that, and then they'll try to get you the book. Um, Could you repeat Plummer, the name of
4: that?
0: It's called There's a Fish in the Courthouse. Second represent, Repetition, published uh, September 1992 by Casitas Books. And uh, it's written in English, and it's in paperback format. Boomer, um, what is this book about?
1: <laughs> well, it deals with multiple things. I uh, don't exactly have the full right at the moment. It deals with uh, genetics. It deals with uh, lots of issues. That it just have to go over there. I suggest people reference uh, their computer to see um, uh, to get a list of kind of a brief overlay of what the t- what the book talks about. It's a multiple of things.
0: Well, I'm going to be checking with the library this Saturday
1: because
0: mm-hmm. I did put the request in. And I'm hoping that they let me uh, get my hands on this book.
1: Yeah. Well, we I talked to you that one night when you googled mm-hmm. it up and you saw the cost of what a first edition was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was a lot.
1: Yes. It was almost a thousand dollars, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Almost a thousand dollars. So the only way you'll be able to get it is through um, library.
1: I thought that would get your attention since it's an unusual title.
0: Yeah, and it's $900, so it's got to be something good. It had five stars. Oh, the author is, um, the original author is Gary Al Alween. Ween, Witchy Echo, Apple, Nancy. That's a good book to read. Um, he gave me a few of the details of this book and it sounds interesting. So I wanted it ordered so that I can go over it and then maybe we'll find some good things in there for us. some Golden nuggets. That's what we need right now. And Mm -hmm. um, is anything new coming up? Well, you know, I know, I don't know if many of you are private yet, but we have been, you know, bringing that into discussion about becoming private and anybody's interested they have to text me uh it's a lot of paperwork but it sets you and your family up for future protection against these demonic entities i was watching one of um uh judge david Miller's work This man pulls out, out of every document, over 3,000 misspelled words in banking documents. And no prepared sentence structuring, syntax, grammar, malfunction everywhere. And this is their paperwork that they're serving you. And you know what it is? It's got a lie on every word.
1: I could add possibly that I've been told that some of those publishing companies are owned by attorneys as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm Mr. sure they Miller's have some publishing company that is, uh, I, I believe that they're all lawyers, especially if they're writing these law books in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Mr. Miller's
2: uh, got a couple of really interesting uh Cases, if you just uh, go to Google Scholar and type in his name and click on case. There's several uh, cases um, that's been, yeah, that they've got the notes and everything of uh, what's happened in those uh, court cases that are interesting to read.
0: What is it called again? Uh, Just Google Scholar.
2: And then um, you go ahead and uh, type in uh, Miller's name in there. And uh, just click on, um, it'll give you the search options. You know, just uh, click on cases and there's three or four cases um that uh, he's been involved in and uh Okay. They're they're interesting to read.
0: Oh yeah, I I'm I'm on it, you know, like every day. I got one of his videos open right now and I'm intending on taking the entire two hundred part course. Well, I would
2: highly recommend going and reading some of these cases.
0: Oh yeah, I, yeah will. I, mean, it,
2: I will. Yeah, I mean, it just uh, yeah. Google Scholar, type in his name, click on cases, and
4: mm-hmm.
2: they'll pull up. You'll have it'll be worth your time.
0: Well, how about that? Maybe I'll go over a couple of his cases. Um, people, I would like for you guys to try to get this book into your library. You won't regret it. It seems very. Very useful uh for your gathering of knowledge, and you can also go to Google Books people type in books that you think they're no longer in print. I have a book I think it's the Jesuit Plan to Overthrow America or something like that. It's called the Jesuit Plan to Overthrow America. It's like in the 1800s it was written. These books are the books that you need to be reading because, and, and this other book that I found, it talks about who is. Um, I'll I'll repost that one again. I'm gonna have to go back in and find it. It tells you who is the people involved in in. Um, like you know how you're confused and, you know I know you all follow Carl Miller and he gives you the Constitution right. I'm going to order a bunch myself and I'm going to hand it to the politicians. I keep my copy, but you know what? Every person who works in government, police officers, and everyone, you need to hand them that constitution and say, You gave oath to this, and I think you really need to look it over and start working with the people. You're working for the wrong side, you're hurting the people.
1: I, um, uh. I was at a Chinese restaurant yesterday and uh, <clears throat> there was a soldier in there and I found out he was an MP and uh, he issued citations on the military reservation and I said, did you ever read the back of your equipment sometimes, particularly if it's a laser radar gun? He said, no. I said, I think you better look back there and what what to point that's potential for blinding of people and other uh, Southern I think will agree with that's a violation under Geneva Convention to use that's intentional blinding of soldiers and definitely is human rights violations against civilians is it not
4: it sure
1: is I told him and I saw his shoulders kind of shrug when I told him that
4: uh-huh.
1: I said you know where, what will happen to you where you will be adjudicated at and what the potential is for, could happen to you? The Hague. I mentioned Geneva and the Hague Convention and I saw his shoulders kind of shake. And this was a big, much bigger man than me.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So therefore, if it applies to military, shouldn't it also apply to officers of the law?
4: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, then again, any officer out here walking around with anything but full metal jackets is in violation of the Geneva Convention. Expanding bullets are illegal.
1: Well, besides These that promises. laser, think about it. When he used to use the microwave, now you're being saturated with microwave transmissions, aren't you? hmm Yeah. Yeah. Just wonder how the district, how the prosecutor in that area that represents that officer, how he's going to react to that.
3: Probably won't. Wow. All right, she wolf. What do uh, you want?
0: To,
2: you ready to call that mate? Come back
0: Saturday? Yeah, and I'm coming back on Saturday because I want to read some more of this Constitutional Constituent Charter of the Bank for International Settlement.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause, and I wanna, I'm want i going to go pull up the annuities that were created on behalf of us. You know, the slave bonds? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to pull that up so I can read that to them. Down. I thought I had it downloaded, but... Uh, I'm not sure if I, uh, let's see. I was just looking real quick to see if it says it. I, I thought I had it. Uh, I like what you were saying. The authorized capital of the bank shall be $3,000 special drawing rights, SDR, as defined from time to time by the International Monetary Fund. It shall be divided into 600,000 shares of equal nominal value. Consisting of three tra- tranches of two hundred thousand shares each, the nominal value of each share and the amount remaining to be paid uh, shall be stated on the face of the share certificates, which may which may be issued by the bank pursuant to Article 16. The first two tranches of two twenty thousand uh, of two hundred thousand shares have already been. Issued. So, I'll go further into this because uh, what they're talking about here is that these shares, right, uh, they opened up the Bank of International Settlements people without any money in their pocket. It was done by creating shares. I like this one, D, all taxes upon any agreement which the bank may make in connection with the issue of loans for mobilizing the German annuities and upon the bonds of such loans issued on a foreign market. Now these German annuities—that's what—that's what they put us under. These German annuities. So I'm going to go more into that. I'm going to listen to the recording again before Saturday. He explains the German annuities and how these annuities affect us, because we are—we are also an, uh, operating under these annuities. But particularly, I'm going to go into this week, people is this other document that I put on the wall, it's a PDF, and it doesn't look like it's important, but it's a 51st International uh, Congressional Committee meeting that took place on September the 15th. And I'm gonna go over all the documents before I uh, get on that subject matter on the 15th, because as we are still trying to become private, um, there are seven places that you have to give notice to about becoming private. And when we talk about adoption, you know, adoption has more than one meaning, okay? Sometimes a court can adopt something. It doesn't have to mean that they're adopting you. They can adopt your status as a woman or a man on the land. They don't have to per se adopt you as as in meaning they're taking care of you because they're the trustees anyway, over the estate. And that's what you want them to be. You're, you're telling them, I want you to be the trustee over the over my estate, right? But I'm telling you what to do because I'm the beneficiary, and I'm not missing, and I'm alive, and you're supposed to be handling all these matters. You go. Know, I showed you an article where it, where it just said the other day they're looking for all white-collar workers to come forth with evidence of corruption going on in those banks, okay? And they're going to be given, uh, what was it called, Southern? They're going to be given um, cooperation credits for their assistance.
4: It
0: may not sound like much. I don't know what a cooperation credit is, but they were being offered cooperation credits Uh, for their assistance with this matter. And it said, no person is too big or above the law. That's why they're doing it. It says that um, they, they want you to come forth and provide the information against these banks. And they want the evidence with it to show that they've committed fraud. So now... The Department of Justice has decided to go after the banks.
2: banks? Mm,
0: well yeah. They haven't really I mean, yeah, they Deutsche Bank got sued. He they only had to pay what, two point four million after robbing how much?
2: Tens of billions.
0: I'm talking about they said that what they were fined with, right? Was not even a day's collecting of their tax on the people. You know, Obama said, "Yeah, we had to do this because they commit they committed crimes against the taxpayer." Right? Two point four billion is like a slap on the wrist to them. They did not even wink. They did not even flinch, and they did not appeal that decision because they know it's nothing compared to what they make on a day. They're making a killing. and That's what I don't understand. If you people are making a killing, um, yeah, you know what? We're not seeing it, people. They are beating their families, riding around their Rolls Royces, their chauffeurs, their kids are going to the best colleges, home education out of our sweat equity. And that's just not gonna. It's not gonna work.
3: Don't you want the
0: best for your kids?
3: Yeah, we sure do. Yeah. Well, anyone have a question or comment? Uh, what time do you say Saturday?
0: I'm thinking about 5 or 6 o'clock. Does that sound good to, to you people?
2: Anything educational is good
4: for me anytime.
0: <laughs> but on Saturday, I'm going to be better prepared. Sometimes I have a hard time during the week because I'm doing people's cases and paperwork, so I don't have time to really... Sit down and do my research, and um, I'm right now. I'm working on quite a few items right now on the agenda, but on Saturday, I I want to really go into this document that came out uh, about the Pope and all this stuff he's going to be doing. So, and that affects us, and um, I'm going to try to find out some more information on the digital currency, so we can be prepared. This does not stop you from your goal, okay? They can do whatever they want to, okay? It doesn't stop you from the goal um, that we were talking about with in reference to equity and trust and becoming a private citizen. I mean, I'm sorry. Becoming a private man on the land. I, don't even... Listen, do not use the word citizen. You know, I know... A lot of people did their private papers, and it says private American citizen, citizen American national, right? Don't say that. Say a private man on the land, American national. Why? Because they don't use that word to describe you. They don't use the word love. They don't use the word man. Uh. They don't want to use that the money that you make after you create a trust is private property. They just want to um, use their language on you. And we have to try to suspend ourselves from, you know, like we have to erase that from our thoughts. Um, I put up there today some words. You might want to download them. Transgression. Go into Bouvier's, look up Congress and I think I'm going to also start creating a dictionary. As soon as I'm done with these one things that I'm particularly working on, I'm going to have a lot of free time. to. Tre- I want to train you guys. I'm a very good teacher when I have all my materials put together, and I'm, I'm really hoping that after this week I'm going to be able to give you a full training on how to be good, good little um, soldiers for your families. Men and women who are prepared to defend their family. You know, one thing okay. I said: give back the um, give back your Social Security uh, Social Security card. Um, your voter's registration. Scam. Mm-hmm. the voter's registration.
3: You don't need it. You don't
0: need it because it's a scam. All they do is say, you voted for these people, and they'll say, no, I didn't vote for them. Yeah, I see you. You're registered here.
2: It's, it's giving them absolute power of attorney. Yep. And that's what you want to take away.
0: Yep. As soon as they're voted in, they give you a 360. They hide from you. They lock their doors. They don't communicate with you. And now they tell you to eat shit and bark at the moon. That's how they treat you after they're in office.
4: hmm
0: So with that, I'll see you guys on Sunday. And be prepared. Have your pens and papers. Get a notebook. Because I'm, I'm coming to teach this Saturday.
4: All right. Y'all have okay. a good night and a good
2: day tomorrow. All right. And we'll see you Saturday.
0: we'll talk talk more about oh yeah we're going to talk more about what I found out some people did their um, passports and they got returned the way they made them well I I actually called um, the passport agency and got a lot of clarification so when they tell you you need a Social Security card they can go screw themselves that's not true The man told me it is not necessary that you have a Social Security card. Okay? And we're going to get more into that.
3: Yeah, I'm going to do some research.
4: I'm going to pull down all the the
0: documents. Yeah, I'm going to pull out the documents. He, He explained it to me, all the documents that we can use as a secondary alternative. And he said yes. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna go in on Saturday and also I'm gonna split my time to talk about the passports so that you guys can make passports, okay? We want them done right. A lot of people got theirs returned. Um, They were following instructions that someone did. I need to look it over carefully. I I have seen it, and I, I made a couple of changes on my own as well. I wouldn't write it a certain way. And if you have a private American citizenship doc, I suggest you attach it to your paperwork because that one is more than valid. It's signed and sealed by the governor of Georgia. It's already authenticated. Can't override that one. So... Saturday, about 5 to 6 o'clock. Look for it on the wall, Legal Deception, if you have any friends that are really interested in making some great changes in this country uh, through knowledge and education. And you want to teach your family, have a notebook handy, people. And we will try to walk you through. I'm doing my best. I want to give you information and up to the minute meaning I want to know what's happening now. Okay, I already know what happened then. And we can talk about it till the, t- till the cows come home, go on the wall. Southern has put many, many papers on the wall. We have examples on the wall. We have a lot of things. You may say, well, you only have like one or two examples. Let me tell you what. Those few examples that we're giving to you They're being given to you because basically just one of them alone will kill a case. This is the POA. You don't need a lot of documents because, remember, the real challenge here, people, in that courtroom is who you are. It isn't about the laws. It ain't about what you did or whatever. I'm telling you when they say, oh, you're a criminal, let it go in one ear and out the other because they're just trying to intimidate you to pull money out of your wallet. So I'll be ready on Friday to help you along with that and read this current congressional status update and see what they're planning on doing to us. And um, and we're going to talk about a little bit about um, uh, transgression. Uh, I'm going to find the annuities back uh, and a couple of other things that I'm going to Talk about. I'm going to keep my notes ready and I'm going to really give you a thorough training. So be ready, people, and get your friends and family together because uh, you don't want to miss it. Y'all have a great night. God bless
1: you. All right.
0: May um, your God, I, I don't know the name of all, everyone's God, Muhammad and Krishna, uh, whoever you believe in for your spiritual guidance, the creator. And whoever you name him by, may he be with you, bless you, and protect you and bring peace to your family and shield you from the enemy that live among us. And with that, may you have a blessed night. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. Love you all. Bye.